0: You're listening to the Daily Missioner Podcast with Benedict. We're going to start the sixth chapter of Erovin today. And we're going to engage with the question of practically, how do you make an Erov and what kind of things can go wrong? And as usual, the Mishnah is much more interested in what kind of things can go wrong than it is in practically how you make the Eruv. As if the Mishnah understands that you already know how to make an Eruv. And this was probably fine in the time of Rabbi Yudan, But it's, it's more difficult in, um, oh I don't know, Washington DC or London where we're not normally making Eruv Chatzarot every day what i'd like to do if you'll excuse my taking a minute is just to go back to the rambam go back to my mondes in the mishneh torah and just run over in the words of the rambam actually how we're going to make the eruv. this is an eruv of we're going to join together different um houses around a courtyard or different or it's maybe it's a shituf maybe we're going to join together different courtyards around an alley the first two types of error that we saw right at the beginning of the track date with the post and the b, And the Rambam will actually explain to us what we practically do. And once we understand that, we can understand the Mishnah a little better. And he he begins, we actually learned this halacha before. Ma what is an Erev? What is an that they will mix together or join together with one food before Shabbat. And the, the root Arav, ein Reish, Bet, is something to do with mixing or joining. It's a very odd word. It means mixture. So we're going to mix together with one food. Okay, how are we going to do that? Kate Sut How are we going to do it? Kei Ma'arvin, Bachatzerod. How are we going to make an arrow for a Courtyard? We're going to collect a complete loaf of bread from every house and we're going to place them all in a single container in one of the houses of the courtyard or a granary is fine or a barn or a storehouse is fine we're going to collect them all together and put them in one of the properties in the courtyard and when it's all gathered together Ushma ha'eruv, we're gonna make a bracha. A very interesting bracha, by the way. Baruchatashemakemulam A Sher Kitashanubitsfortav, who's commanded us with who's who's made us holy with his commandments. This is really interesting because this is a rabbinic commandment. But we're making the classic as with all rabbinic commandments, but this is the archetypal rabbinic commandment who's made us holy with his commandments and commanded us who's commanded us commanding about the Eruv and then we say with this Eruv all the inhabitants of this courtyard will be permitted to bring objects in and out from one house to another that is how we make the Eruv we collect we make a bracha and then we make a declaration and the house by the way where the Eruv is is placed doesn't have to give a loaf of bread and by the way and i just meant i couldn't resist this is the end of the halacha but it, it it's sort of it is worth repeating because it echoes in many many other places if there's a place where we normally put the eruv, we don't change it for the sake of peace we don't like to cause aggravations or stress. If there's a place we normally put the air of, maybe it already, maybe it normally goes in in Morshe's house. We don't change that location. We don't insult Moshe by suddenly putting it in Avraham's house. Okay. What about a shituf? Remember that the alley, uh, the alleyway, air is called a shittuf. mishtat um, How do we make a shituf for an alley? We actually don't need a whole loaf here. We just need food the size of a dried fig or even less if there are many people involved. But, but the same principle goes. We put it in a single container in one of the courtyards and then we say we make, uh, and then we make the bracha and then we say with this shituf it'll be permitted for all the inhabitants of, of this lane or this alley to bring objects in and out. That's how we make the error. We collect food. We share our food and then we make a bracha. Okay, so let's look at Mishnah Aleph. Hadar iman nochri, someone who lives in a courtyard with a non Jew. Hadar iman nochri bechatzer. Maybe someone's not Jewish. Or, imish e Maybe that person doesn't agree with the principle of the erov. Well, what kind of person might that be? well hang on this is a rabbinic mitzvah this is the classic rabbinic mitzvah if you were a sadducee or a Karaite, if you were someone who only believed in the written torah you absolutely wouldn't believe in the validity of the Eruf. that's a problem harazit or love that essentially um, if someone lives with one of those people it or Sarah it essentially makes the I mean I've translated here as prevents him. I mean Isur is a is a is a is um is something which is forbidden. Essentially it invalidates the error. Divrei Rabbi Meir. According to the words of Rabbi Meir. He can't make an Eruv unless everyone is participating. And that goes back to the words of the Rambam. Remember, the Rambam said everyone mixes together. Everybody participates. Essentially, what we're doing it, by the Eruv is we're mixing up our sovereignty, our ownership over that space symbolically. If we can't mix up symbolically our ownership over that space, then we can't make the Eruv doesn't work we can't turn this private space into communal space rabbi eliezer ben Yaakov actually has a slightly more laid-back view Um, rabbi eliezer ben yakov is not so anxious about the non-jew actually um he but he is anxious if there are two jews who if if, essentially if a jew doesn't believe in the and the bartonura actually comments here um he says look there's no dispute between the first tanner according to and, and rabbi eliezer ben yakov it's just to how they approach the problem and essentially what he says is and by the way the rambam gives exactly the same language i think it comes from the gemara he says um the residence of an idolater is not called a residence i.e he doesn't seem to have ownership over the space. And that's why um, you can't say his ownership is not mingled with ours, because he doesn't own the space anyway. It's a really interesting idea. But uh, the Bartanura says, the rabbis decreed this. So a Jew shouldn't live with an idolater that he wouldn't learn from their actions. I I do remember, by the way, a Diane in London once permitting us to carry in space that was shared with a non-Jew. And we explained to the Diane that this was a very kind lady who let us use her her roof terrace to build a sukkah on during Sukkot. And she actually allowed us to place our sukkah on her roof terrace. And he was very pleased. And at first he said, well, maybe she's Jewish. He couldn't believe that someone was so kind who wasn't Jewish, but he did actually eventually allow us to carry in that shared space, so we could carry on holamod sukkot into the sukkah. Different kind of person, not the sort of oved kochavim they had in those days. rabban Gamliel said, "Ma sebet Doki echad," a sad you see once lived with us in the same alley he used to live with us in a certain alley in jerusalem and father told us who is abba here abba here is rabban shimon ben gamliel right rabban, Gamliel's father. rabban shimon ben, ben gamliel was the last of bet din before the destruction of the of jerusalem essentially the last of bet din before rabbi yochanan ben zakai so he remembers living in jerusalem he remembers what happened there and of course they had sadducees in jerusalem in the first half of the, you know, first century of the Common Era. So he remembers living with Sadducees. Um, the Rambam actually says there's a particular Sadducee who was the uh, kind of an arch, arch, arch non-believer in in rabbinic Judaism. But anyway, he said, "Hurry up and bring your stuff out. see siu at kolakelim. Bring everything you need out into the um, the alley." before he brings his stuff out and prevents you whether this is him bringing stuff out in order to take possession of the alley not quite clear rabbi yudah omer rabbi yudah gives different language uh, do everything you need in the alley until you know in case he brings out his stuff and thereby prevents you there is a an idea in the Gemara that the core principle underlying this is the ability for one person to give up his rights to the that part his rights to the alley to somebody else of course that's why if a non-Jew has no rights at all in the alley it's irrelevant he doesn't have to give anything up and we'll see in the next Mishnah that this is incredibly important so maybe one of the um out of the people in the um courtyard one of them forgot forgot to join the Arab they forgot to contribute their loaf the Arab Shabbat. what are we going to do what are we going to do because if we don't do anything at all um, his house is forbidden both to him and to them for taking in or taking out but their houses are permitted actually both to him and to them because they've made an eruv, right so he can carry say from um, the courtyard into one of their houses Or from one of their houses into the courtyard. He just can't carry from his own house into the courtyard. But, here's the but. If they gave, if they gave their part in the courtyard to him, that's now his private property. He's permitted because they're forbidden. They're forbidden (laughs) because they don't... their air roof doesn't work anymore because they've given him the they've given him the the property of course he doesn't need an roof because it's his property and it can go the other way too by the way so he could declare on shabbat that he gives them the space and that um that that is probably the mechanism that allows that is probably the mechanism that allows them to take in and out and in and out and in and out. If he didn't do that, if he didn't hand over his portion of the courtyard, I think there will be a problem. The Gemara spends a lot of time looking at this, I'm afraid. And I I wanted to bring you the Gemara, but it's so, I I could not find a way of compressing it, I'm afraid. Now, Hayushnaim. But this is really, this idea of giving up is very important. Hayushnaim. Maybe there were two who forgot. Osrinzelzeh if there are two, they have to, to, to restrict each other. They, they have to, if you like, um, you can't figure out any way in which they can participate in this error. One person can give up a share of the courtyard and can take a share of the courtyard. So you can play games with ownership. If you've just got one person. Shnaim not nimrushut. Two people can give ownership. ain not limrushut, But they can't take ownership. If you... um, Obviously two people can hand over shared ownership to the rest of the community. But the community can't give two people ownership over uh, the courtyard. Because if they were to do that, well... You'd, ha- you'd end up still with a shared courtyard, right? You're giving it to two people and they haven't made an error of before Shabbat. So it's totally useless. It only w- th- th- This idea of giving up rights over the property only works if there's one person because one person doesn't need an error to carry in and out of his own property. But as soon as you have two people, you have a major problem. And that's why generally, you know, you're living around a courtyard going back to the Rambam. The community has to come together. If the community doesn't come together and agree to make the Eruv and remember to make the Eruv, it's incredibly complicated for every single, um, every single resident in that space. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.